0: time to wake up. It's Saturday morning. Find some milk and cereal. Grab a bowl and spoon. No, a bigger spoon. Head to the living room and take a seat on the floor while Joseph and Chris present to you, Saturday Morning Cartoon!
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom. This is a show where we wake up with the Saturday morning sun, plop it out of the living room for the big bowl of sugary cereal, and watch all your favorite cartoons, both old and new. I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And this morning, for part two of our October celebration, we watched Scooby-Doo meets the Boo Brothers, followed by that terrible theme song that had a witch in it, but there was no yeah. witch
0: in the movie. Dude, this uh, that intro confused the crap out of me, especially because I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be a theme song. There's really not a lot of song to it. It was just kind of her talking and rhyming. And and saying,
1: the Boo Brothers.
0: Yeah, eventually it started kind of turning into a song, but kind of not. And... I couldn't tell if that was actually supposed to be the beginning of the story or if it was just its own thing, like an intro, Mm -hmm. which ended up being what it was. But it made no sense and I hated it.
1: Yeah, I was very confused by it. I was like, okay, there's going to be witches in this or something. I was thinking the main antagonist is going to be some witch and the Boo Brothers are infamous in the ghost world or the monster world, whatever. Or yeah. stopping ghouls, but uh, that's not. What neither happened. of those things is true. <laughs> yeah, not at all. We were lied to. Oh, so much. Okay, what a witch. So, <laughs> son of a witch. So <laughs> the. Okay, so obviously the movie we watched today was Scooby Doo Meets the Boo Brothers from 1987, written by Jim Ryan, produced by Hanna Barbera, of course. This was part of a ten-part made-for-TV movies launch that. Hanna Barbera did. It was called Superstars Ten, and this was one of the three Scooby Doo movies that was part of that.
0: Oh wow! Uh huh. Can I guess what the other two were? You can guess. Okay, It was one the Reluctant Werewolf? Yes. It was the other the um, Ghoul School. Yes,
1: you got them in the wrong nice. order, but you said them right. So, All right. Th- chronologically, this is the very first feature film. And followed by Ghoul School, followed by Reluctant Werewolf. But yeah, you got all three of them.
0: So were they released all at the same time, or was this different years? Or
1: you know, I, I'm not certain on that. I think they were different years, but they were actually okay. they were compiled as part of the Superstars 10 anthology got series. Got it.
0: That is going to make some more sense, and I'll get into that in a little bit.
1: Okay. As far as episodes go, this was a movie, so it was a 93-minute movie syndicated across various networks that Hanna-Barbera played their cartoons on at the time for a short synopsis, and I'm going to read this dramatically because I'm going to make this more exciting than this movie was, so here we go. Perfect. After the death of Shaggy's uncle Beauregard, he, Scooby, and Scrappy arrive at his uncle's plantation to unlock the inheritance. But as soon as they arrive, they find it is haunted by the ghost of the Confederate soldier. With this spook on their tails, while they search for Shaggy's inheritance, they hired the help of the Boo Brothers, a trio of ghost exterminators, to help catch this nasty ghoul. Jeez.
0: Doesn't that sound like it would be cool? It sounds like it would be really cool. Mm. It sounds like it would be sounds. really
1: cool. <laughs> we'll get there. But So Chris, <laughs> who was in this movie?
0: Okay, so the voices of Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo were provided by Don Messick, which should be no surprise because he pretty much always voices Scooby-Doo, right? Um, in in the older cartoons, Shaggy was voiced by Casey Kasem. Again, we've talked about Casey Kasem so many times. He's always the voice of Shaggy. He also is the voice of lots of Transformers, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago, like mm-hmm. Cliffjumper which is awesome. I love Cliff jumper. Mm-hmm. The voices of Sheriff Rufus Busby and TJ Busby was Sorrel Book, and he is actually Boss Hog from Dukes of Hazard. Oh. And yeah, makes some sense now, right? Yeah, appearance-wise, um, yes. He also voices a ton of similar characters in other cartoons. Mm. Like he has there's um I didn't write down which cartoons was it, but there's All these, like, really Southern-sounding names. One's Boss Haas and stuff (laughs) like that. So, like, he just definitely lives up that same role in, like, everything he does. Yeah, he's
1: been typecasted as this overweight
0: yeah, or something. Even as a cartoon, he's typecasted as an overweight Southern sheriff or something. (laughs) So the characters of Billy Bob Scroggins, Beauregard's Ghosts, the Ape, and the Headless Horseman was William Calloway. And he's done several random Hanna Barbera and other cartoons, but his most notable thing was the role of Clumsy Smurf from the Smurfs. Farquard, which is a weird thing to say, was voiced by Art Johnson, who's also been in a bunch of stuff. We have already seen him in another Scooby Doo cartoon that we did this time a year ago when we did Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby Doo. He was the voice of Weird, which was the um, I think he was the taller like the more serious ghost.
1: Yeah, I think you're right.
0: I think you're right. Sadie Mae Scroggins was voiced by Victoria Carroll, who's mostly known for her role in Hogan's Heroes and Kentucky Fried Movie. Mm. But in the cartoon world, she did a lot of guest roles in pretty much all of the major um, 80s cartoons. And she was a recurring um, role on the Incredible Hulk cartoon, where she voiced She-Hulk. Oh, cool. So, the, the last ones I have are the three Boo Brothers, and they're going to be kind of fun. So, Miko was voiced by Jerry Hauser, who has done lots of Hanna-Barbera cartoons, as well as G.I. Joe, Transformers, and Goof Troop. Shrico was voiced by Rob Paulson, which you probably picked up on because yeah, you, like, you can definitely it. tell it. And we've talked about him a lot on this show, too. Um, famous for Animaniacs, Ninja Turtles, and tons and tons and tons of other things. Frico is voiced by Ronnie Schell, who has also done a ton of Hanna-Barbera, and he was the voice of Jason from Battle of the Planets, which we did several months ago. Oh, nice. Yeah. You know what's fun is that I remember, out of the three Boo Brothers, Shriko is the one that I remember the most. And as soon as I saw Rob Paulson's name on IMDb under the show, like, it just clicked like that, and I'm like, yep, that was definitely him. Like, Yeah, just I, perfect. I,
1: I was thinking that as I was watching it, without having looked it up first, and I yeah. was like, it's probably him, but yeah, I waited for the credits to roll, and I was like, okay, yep, definitely. <laughs> so for a few tasty marshmallows out of our big bowl of Boo Brothers cereal, this is the longest animated film in the Scooby-Doo franchise, like which was a runtime of 93 minutes, and... There's a reason why this was the longest, and that's something I'll get into. Actually, there's a reason why the rest are shorter, and that's something I'll get into in a little bit. It but felt um, like the
0: longest, yeah.
1: Also, a Ghostbuster logo can be seen in the boob- in the yellow pages when um, Shaggy, Scooby, and Scrappy are looking for Ghost Exterminators. There's actually on the left side. Oh, really? There's a Ghostbusters logo. It doesn't have the circle around it though. It has an X in the middle of it, but it's the exact oh, same ghost.
0: That's kind of cool.
1: Yeah. Also, another tieback to the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo, in this movie, Shaggy's still wearing that red shirt and blue jeans that he was wearing in 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo.
0: Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, typically
1: you'll see him in his green shirt and whatever slacks he has on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: There's not a lot more to this movie than that. I already described it as part of that Superstars 10 anthology series. Right. All three of these entries in the Superstars 10 series did feature Shaggy, Scooby, and Scrappy alone, so they kept you know, Thelma, Daphne, and Fred out of those movies.
0: But obviously they do come back later. I wonder why they threw Daphne into 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo and none of the others, But and then they got rid of all of them for these three.
1: I don't know. I mean, I guess for kids, these are the most interesting characters because they're mo- they're the most off the wall. But yeah. yeah, it's it's weird because you lose a lot without that diversity of characters there. Right. Especially because you know, Shaggy and Scooby are pretty much one note kind of characters. They neither of them is really competent, and yeah, I guess that's where personalities
0: are so similar.
1: Yeah, that's where Scrappy comes in. But this is why luckily there's no flim flam in this one, so we don't have to have a double Scrappy. Yeah, I would have died,
0: (laughs) I would have died right there. So, when you're talking about that Superstars 10 thing, that kind of um, coincides with my memories of this. I definitely remember watching it, and I remember the Boo Brothers specifically, mm-hmm. and I remember liking them a lot, but there's so many Scooby cartoons and movies that a lot of them have kind of blurred in my mind, and it's probably from seeing that, because um, I probably saw all three of those around the same time, so I think a lot of that stuff was running together. In fact, at Mary doesn't carry on Instagram, when we were doing the poll... Uh Uh-huh. And this was chosen. She said she was surprised that we didn't have Scooby-Doo and the Ghoul School on our list for this year. And then I I realized, after looking into that one, that I associated a lot of things that I thought were in the Boo Brothers, but a lot of it was actually in that one. Yeah. um, Instead. So, I mean, I do remember things from this one. Like I said, I do remember the Boo Brothers, and I liked the Boo Brothers when I was a kid, but pretty much everything else I didn't remember and I, I guess I had some weird expectations because I was expecting to see other characters that weren't in this one. So I was kind of sad. Yeah, I don't think
1: I had ever seen this one. I know I've seen Ghoul School. And the reason I remember it vividly is because at the time when I was a kid, I had a like a cartoon crush
0: on... I think it was the vampire girl. I want to say I did too. Yeah. Because I remember... I remember a female character from that that I was really infatuated with, and that's probably who it was.
1: Because there was the vampire girl, there was the werewolf girl, there was the ghost girl, and the mummy girl, if I recall.
0: I might have had a thing for the ghost girl. I don't remember. The
1: ghost girl may have been mine, too. It's it's between the ghost girl
0: and the vampire chick. It's one of those. But Well, next year, we will do that one for sure. Yeah. And we will see which one we have a crush on.
1: Yeah, we can discover our long lost crushes <laughs> on monsters, on monsters, <laughs> yeah. monster girls. <laughs> so yeah, but like I said, I don't, I don't think I ever saw this one. So I didn't. I, I guess I would have known it existed just by proxy because I do like Scooby Doo. I am a big Scooby Doo fan for the most part, primarily the series though. Uh, I didn't, I haven't seen many of the movies, with the exception of Ghoul School that I know I've seen. Right, thirteen ghosts was. It's probably still always going to be my favorite because I I loved that it had Vincent Price tied to it. But but, Flim Flam. But Uh. Flim Flam. Yeah, I mean, he takes away a lot from it. But even ruined it for me. But if you go back to you know um, Scooby Doo, where are you? The the original one that is solid to me. That's a great series. Yeah, with a lot of originality to it.
0: I I think that's out of everything. I think that's my favorite until I rewatch. School, school, and then we'll see. But the original one is is probably like it's probably one of my more nostalgic cartoons that I like remember really fondly. Mm -hmm. And if I could just have any cartoon just on TV when I turned it on, a lot of times it would be that one. I would just love to go back and just watch those old cartoons.
1: Yeah. So this actually, for anyone who either isn't aware or didn't vote in the poll, this was chosen by
0: fans. Yes. Yes, it was. So
1: anybody who did vote, thank you.
0: Yeah, thank you very much. And sorry if you're the one that you voted for didn't get picked. But I mean, you know, we we have a lot of cartoons. There is a lot of cartoons out there. So this show could perpetually go on forever. Yeah. So we are we're going to continue to do this every October. So we will do lots of October themed cartoons each year. So if it didn't get chosen this year, you've got a good chance next year.
1: But there are a couple more polls coming up, or at least one
0: more, right? There's two more polls coming up. Oh, okay. Yes, I will explain more of that at the end of the episode.
1: Okay, cool. So I guess uh, since we don't we didn't watch three episodes, we just watched this one 93 minute movie. Let's just jump right into what we thought about it. Yeah. Initially, I was okay with it. Like initially, I was like, "All right, I like where this is going. This is fine." Once we get past the theme song. I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. Maybe there's going to be a witch in it or something. Maybe this will make sense. Maybe that theme song was there for a reason. Yeah. But then it gets to the point where there's an the introduction of these ghosts as Shaggy, Scooby, and Scrappy are driving to... They're not using the mystery uh, machine either. They're using some kind of a other... Is it a van type thing or is it like an SUV? It was
0: like, it was like a SUV a or like a Jeep. Yeah, probably yeah. a Jeep. Yeah, I don't know what happened to the mystery machine. Well, I assume
1: they, that this probably belongs to Fred or something. I doubt Shaggy could afford that. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> they're driving to go find his Uncle Beauregard's manor since he has passed away and is passing that on to Shaggy for some reason. <laughs> we, the, we then see that they're driving through kind of dark woods. Well, they, they take a turn to where it goes into dark wood territory where they're already getting nervous for whatever reason, Shaggy is letting Scooby lead him with a map, which is obviously a bad idea, but he takes him. I mean, I guess he gets him there because he takes him down this road, this dark forest road, and they start being chased by... Well, first, they run into a giant ape uh, that, yeah, for, for that whatever reason, Shaggy doesn't see, neither does Scrappy, but Scooby sees it. It's right in front of the
0: really. car, and Scooby freaks and he's out. The only one that notices. Yeah. I thought that was... You know, the, I mean, the ape was a reoccurring thing in this entire movie. And I thought it was really stupid because it seemed pointless to me because it was just kind of this off story that there was what was it supposed to be like a circus train had been passing through and there was an yeah, accident. We and get a
1: little bit of exposition from the police, the, animals the, the radio that the zoo animals escaped off the train
0: or something. Right. And it was just this one ape that, that made it over there. But it's just like, I, I feel like there was no point. Like, they could have used, if they wanted a, something to reoccur like that, why didn't they just use a monster or one of the ghosts or something like that? Like, mm-hmm. why this ape? It just seemed really pointless. Yeah, to me to throw that in. I feel like a lot of this movie was
1: padding because yeah, since this was their the first same way. feature film. They didn't really know how to handle it. So they really, oh, yeah, it's like they took an episode and they just stretched it out as much as they could and yeah. threw all these different characters in to try to, you know, fill the gaps. But instead, what they should have done is maybe written the characters that were already in there more dialogue, especially the like, Boo Brothers. Made
0: better. Because yeah. the Boo
1: Brothers, I, I feel like the ape appeared more than the Boo Brothers did in it did. this, it in this did, the, It so, definitely did. It definitely
0: did. What is that? It should have been like, Scooby-Doo meets a purple ape in the swamp. <laughs> so Scooby-Doo meets grape ape. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it was kind of weird because after they get the, the jeep working again and they're heading towards the, the plantation, well, they got pulled over by that cop Mm-hmm. Or the sheriff. And the sheriff was kinda like, Nah, you shouldn't go over there. You're stupid and then they're like, We're going anyway, yay. So then they start going and then all of a sudden they just run into ghosts like left and right. I mean, just everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and and like they don't turn around and try to flee. They're just they just keep trying to go. Like they see a Confederate soldier ghost, they see the headless horseman, they see um Oh ghost wolf. Uh, yeah, like the big black dog thing, which I guess, I'm trying to remember, like the whole black dog legend thing, I think it's a that's a very like United Kingdom-ish sort of legend, but I think it's supposed to basically be like a hellhound, but it's like mm-hmm. a black dog ghost. That's why like in one of the Harry Potter books, they had Sirius Black turning into the big black dog, because that's a very like... You know, legendary, kind of creepy thing over there, so they wanted it to be spooky, and that's where that came from. But oh, okay, yeah, it just it was literally within seconds they ran into all of those, and I'm like, maybe I don't know at first i I, I didn't have a problem with it, but then, as the movie went on, I'm like, man, you really should have saved some of those, yeah, and like layered it a bit more. Because you definitely could have used it. You like, almost, why can not instead of the ape, why couldn't they use one of those things instead? Yeah. And just keep those coming back.
1: Yeah, you, you almost get every one of the recurring characters in the first maybe 15 to 20 minutes of the film. Right. And from then on, you're just seeing the same thing over and over again. It's less like they they stretched out one episode and more like they just took one episode and just like repeated that same episode. Yeah. Like four or five times and just kind of made the transitions different. Right. Yeah. Uh. To be honest, like I was getting really bored with this movie and I've never had that happen with the Scooby-Doo thing. I mean, typically, yeah, I do watch them episodically, but yeah, and and not many movies, but from the movies I do remember watching, especially when my little sister was growing up, watching them with her, the newer ones. I was like, yeah, these are fun. Like I can see why kids still like these and I can see why I like
0: these. But this
1: movie, man,
0: it dragged. Yeah, I agree. It really did. And there's, there's some other, like some fun points to make before we even get to that problem, Um, (laughs) which is like, we don't even get to the actual plot of the movie until 26 minutes in. Yeah. Like you don't find out what's like the first 26 minutes are them just. Figuring things out like where they are, getting to the place, getting scared of ghosts, and then the ape is inside and they're having like these run ins and all kinds of stuff just happening. And then they're like, oh, we need a ghost exterminator. And then they call the Boo Brothers, and the Boo Brothers come through the phone but they are not part of the main plot. None of this is part of the main plot of the story. No. Like, not even the Boo brothers who share the title, are they're not the main plot. They are a tiny side plot to this whole thing.
1: What I also didn't appreciate about Farquad right off the bat is that... Oh,
0: yeah, I forgot to mention Farquaad. Far- farquard farquard yes sorry he,
1: he, they kept saying his name differently like everybody would say it a little bit differently yeah and so and i didn't no know how to pronounce it yeah so farquard <laughs> so he's the he's like a hunchback he's the the manservant looks like Igor. yeah essentially almost exactly and yeah. but he's the he's been a 60-year manservant to general or colonel beauregard shaggy's uncle been right. taking care of this these estates and right off the bat he pretty much gives away that Hey, I'm against you. This belongs to me. So we yeah. get that to where it's like, okay, so he's not going to be the main bad guy because that would be too obvious, but he's going to have some hand in all of this. <laughs> you would think. I mean, it's it's very small though. They just
0: uh they yeah. just they had so many loose threads and it they was, just kind of threw some things out. It was so messy.
1: Went. It was. I mean, l- let yeah. me let me say a good thing about it. What I did okay. like I did like the Characters of the Boo Brothers, in the sense that they were uh, basically the Three Stooges, but in ghost form. And that's fine in small doses, or if they had varied up the character some. But um, Rob Paulson's character, uh, Shrieky. He or Shriko, yeah, Shriko. He was just like he was kind of grating on me. Like he really kept, because he kept coming in like at these weird oh, moments yeah. and kind of. I mean, it was good to break up the monotony a little bit, but at the same time, it's sure. like, oh, you're not you're not adding to the plot. I wanted the Boo Brothers to have purpose, and they yeah, didn't. It was just to jump in.
0: Out of the Boo Brothers, I liked him the most, and I I enjoyed him every time he was on. Like the the silly things that they did with them, especially because they had him. Like, they all could, but he did it more often than the others. Like, transform into objects and things like that. Mm -hmm. Or, like, shoot himself like a slingshot, you know. Which, I I enjoyed those gags. I liked that. But you're right in that they would show them and do these gags with them, but it had no consequence to the story or the plot at all. No. They They, were just there. They could just as easily have taken them out of the movie entirely, and it would have moved along the exact same if you would have taken them out, it probably would have been like a forty-five minute movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be it. How about those? And, and the and the story would have been the same.
1: Yeah, exactly. How about those dance like musical scenes that got entered oh, God. in for So no I gotta
0: reason. we gotta talk about that um the first dance scene. Yeah. Um so they are in the mansion or whatever on the plantation. And they meet Farquhar, like you were talking about, the caretaker dude. And then, I don't remember how the music starts. Was it the Boot Brothers that started playing the music? I think they accidentally did because they were chasing that little
1: ghost around.
0: Oh, yeah. They they pulled out this little thing called the Demonstrator Ghost, which <laughs> was a wind-up little ghost. Uh-huh. And they are trying to demonstrate their skills by catching it. And I actually enjoyed this. Yeah. And... You know, you can take a guess that the three Boo brothers are complete morons and just were destroying (laughs) everything and could not catch this thing to save their lives if they had lives. Oh. And then um, so something happens. This music starts playing right as the most stereotypical dumb southern girl you can come up with in your head shows up and her name is Sadie Mae. You know, she's blonde. She's got pigtails, barely wearing any clothes. She's barefoot. Like the the second she sees Shaggy, she wants to marry him. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's probably the only guy that she's ever seen besides her brother. I'm like, oh, God. And so she's just like, oh, y'all having a party? And, like, (laughs) runs in, starts dancing with Shaggy and stuff. And through the rest of the movie, anytime she pops up, she's trying to make out with Shaggy. Or maybe do other, like, she pulls him into the bushes at one time. The bushes are shaking a little bit before Shaggy gets out of there. But (laughs) I remember, though, as a kid, I remember that in this movie. And and then in general, because that would be a gag you'd see in cartoons every once in a while. Like, a girl that's, like obsessed with a guy and just constantly chasing after him and trying to catch him and and kiss him and stuff right now I remember being a kid and I'm like man if a girl was like all over me like that like why would you want to escape I would be like yeah this is easy <laughs> but now that I'm older if if I ran to a girl like Sadie May I'd be like yeah I'm gonna run
1: yeah and just to add to that the reason that she comes in well okay not bring molasses. Well, y- yes, but the reason <laughs> that those characters are there, well, the main reason is because they're filler also, but in addition to that, they wanted to make the brother, what was his name? Probably Billy Bob or something.
0: It was Billy Bob. Was it? Oh god. Yes. That's Billy so, Bob Scroggins. That's
1: so typical. Oh. <laughs> right. Okay, but okay, so Billy Bob, the the hillbilly who is Sadie May's sister, or sorry, Sadie May's brother, he informs us, he gives us the exposition that the Scroggins and the Beauregards have been kind of at odds with each other for, you
0: know, decades or whatever. It's a Hatfield-McCoy situation.
1: Yeah, and so that, puts in your mind i mean well it's supposed to it doesn't really but it's supposed to put in your mind that he could be one of the ghosts also or he could be behind the machinations of the going-ons that are the sinister going-ons around uh the the beauregard mansion
0: he's a red herring basically right
1: it could be Farquhar. it could be billy bob, billy bob and uh it could
0: be the sheriff
1: it could be the sheriff and the the reason you get a little bit of the sheriff is because he straight up denies that there's any kind of treasure available. Yeah. And so, but it's not that he denies it. It's the fact Andy that he, back a lot he repeatedly does it. And yeah, he's always kind of hanging around. It makes yeah. you think like, okay, uh, as someone who's seen any Scooby-Doo anything ever, this is probably going to be our man. But let's see how yeah. this
0: unfolds. We're just about a half hour in. Like I said, it's 26 minutes. And then we figure out what the plot of this is actually going to be, which is... They find like a clue that's basically saying, hey, you know, I hid all the jewels around here and there's hidden clues um, that you got to find because we're trying to keep he was trying to keep his enemies from finding his jewels. Mm -hmm. And real quick, I'm just going to blow a hole right through this plot (laughs) If, if you're prepared. okay. so he he doesn't want his enemies to find his jewels. Right. So he hides the jewels. And then he hides clues around for Shaggy or, you know, yeah, Shaggy to find. But why wouldn't he think that his enemies would just find the clues and follow the clues, too? Well, the most obvious clue or the basic one was in the freezer
1: where he knew Shaggy would look given his hunger.
0: Oh, yeah. But I mean, like anyone could just open the free Farquhar, who works there, who probably eats, would open <laughs> that and just see probably the clue. Eats. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was just like that was a really poorly conceived plot.
1: It may have been there it may have been pretty weak as far as the the conception of that plot goes, but I did enjoy that part of it. The the whole the riddles
0: and the mystery aspect to it. Yeah, I do like that. That was like the one thing that was like doing all right. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Like that I felt was a good addition to this film. Because it made me kind of think a little bit. I didn't get all the clues right away. Most of them were very obvious, but like the, the first one go to the part of the house with its knee out. I was like, what is that? Like, what is the knee on a house? I
0: couldn't think of it. I didn't get it at first.
1: The chimney, of course. And you're like, oh, duh. But yeah. And then the broken key that unlocks the next door. And then it's a piano key and et cetera, et cetera. I liked that they had those little riddles because that, you know, it, it adds to audience participation. It, Let's the kids kind of get in there and be mystery solvers themselves. They're simple right. enough, but they're not all fed right to you. And I appreciated that about it.
0: Yeah, that was good. Because that reminded me of like the old Scooby-Doo stuff, like the real Scooby-Doo stuff. Yeah. I'm like, okay, now we're getting like the re- what we came here for, like the actual mystery solving and stuff yeah, like that.
1: Yeah, we get that, but we get so much stacked on top of it that it really
0: <laughs> yeah. it hurts it so much.
1: If we could just have the Boo Brothers, Scooby-Doo, Shaggy and Scrappy, you know, the ghost and the riddles, that would be a fine, you know, 40-minute movie or something. But instead, we get all this crap added on top of it, and it really
0: hurt. Oh, yeah. The ape kept showing back up. He showed up during the dance scene Mm -hmm. because I think the ape had some sort of crush on Scooby because the ape kept wanting to dance with him. Yeah. um, In fact, the ape could talk. And he grabs Scooby and he goes, let's boogie. (laughs) They start dancing. He just, he shows up like every 20 minutes or so with a one liner and does something goofy that does not move the plot along. It actually like distracts it. You know, it's more padding. It's filler. Yeah, exactly. And uh... And it's the same for um, Sadie Mae and Billy Bob. They're padding. Most Long of their
1: scenes are just them chasing, you know, Shaggy and Shaggy, the gang and yeah. to no, for no reason except to just to take up some time while they yeah. go to the next clue. It's same with, like you said, same with the ape because he's mainly just after Scooby. Scooby's the one who usually encounters him. The others don't even usually see him. Like he just is right. there. Scooby sees him and then he's gone or whatever. We also get a little bit, it might be around this time, like when we see Sadie, that we get this. Um, a caped ghost or a caped skeleton who is different from the original ones that we saw at the beginning
0: and it's weird that he pops in like halfway through the movie
1: yeah because then you're like okay well now what's going on like i don't Yeah, you're
0: like where did he come from
1: right why is he here you know and then not to mention the uh like invisible man we get who's just like a floating jacket
0: the Confederate ghost keeps popping up every once in a while.
1: What what was confusing to me is like I was like, is the Confederate ghost supposed to be the ghost of like Colonel it looked Beauregard? Like it, was,
0: it, yeah, because there's a there's a portrait of his uncle in there. Unless right. that's his ancestor, not supposed to be his uncle. But I'm like, okay. Did his uncle Beauregard, was he a Civil War veteran that lived like a hundred something years? (laughs) Like, I mean, it would have to be more than that. I mean, he would have lived a very long time.
1: I could have missed Um,
0: something, but I I
1: thought that that painting was of him too. But maybe you're right. It might have been an ancestor.
0: I feel like it would have to be because otherwise that means Shaggy's uncle was in the Civil War. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And th- and that even though his uncle left him clues, his uncle's ghost was trying to keep him away from yeah. it and scare him away. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah, that's the part that I was like, really? Like, come on. But no, you, you're you right. It probably was an ancestor. They just never mentioned that. And since they spoon fed you most everything else, I figured they would have. Well, then they find out that the Headless Horseman thing was fake. Mm-hmm. It was a mechanical um, horseman or a mechanical, mechanical horse, horse with a dummy. And then the,
0: yeah. But they never encountered the black dog again, though, right? Like, that never came back. I don't think so. No. They addressed everything else, but that one never came back. You know what would have been cool? Well, I'll see it later when we get to the end of the movie. Also, just to make everything more convoluted, at one point towards the beginning when the sheriff is at the mansion and Scooby's freaking out about the ape, they, uh, or maybe it was farquhar I don't know, but they look in there in this room and they're like, "Oh, he's stuffed." And <laughs> oh, it was the yeah, the um the sheriff's like, "I don't care how much he's eaten or whatever." And he's like, "No, he's stuffed, oh, yeah. And like they just happened to have another ape in there that was, you know, dead and and stuffed. It, was it was like taxidermied a, right. and it it belonged to his uncle. And then, right. That Farquhar. looks exactly like the other exactly ape that's actually loose.
1: and then Farquhar throws in, oh, you know, the grounds are haunted by this ape, and it's like, well, now is this ape a ghost? I don't know. <laughs> right.
0: I was confused.
1: <laughs> it doesn't make any sense.
0: <laughs> oh God, it was such a mess. But that's another um, that's
1: another knot that didn't get tied at all. It's like or a loose nope. end, I guess, because it's like I yeah. guess I mean yeah, it, I still don't know really because is it was it the zoo. Because they don't ever talk about it again, do they?
0: Yeah, they don't. No, they don't. They don't bring up anything else having to do with the zoo or any of the other escaped animals or anything. Yeah, that's
1: just just unresolved.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of unresolved stuff in this movie. (laughs) Oh, so one thing that bugged me was when they are in the cemetery looking for one of the clues, Mm -hmm. and the um, ghost skeleton is trying to, like, pop out. And, and Scooby sees the headstone, one of the headstones move because he's behind it. And Shaggy doesn't believe him. I'm like, wait a minute. You have seen a giant ape. You've seen a Confederate ghost, a headless horseman, a big black dog ghost. You've met the Blue <laughs> Brothers that are obviously ghosts. And the one thing that you can't believe that you're skeptical about is a headstone that moved. Right. Really? Yes.
1: (laughs) Doesn't make any sense. That was something that was kind of bothering me throughout a lot of the movie was like, there are times where it almost seems like Shaggy doesn't believe in ghosts still, but you're working with actual ghosts. That's what the Boo Brothers are there
0: for. And Yeah, because there's that one part he says exactly that. He's like, maybe there's not actual ghosts here. And then the Boo Brothers come back and I'm like, yeah, duh. Like, God. (laughs) Yeah,
1: this was... This was a mix. You know what? This was like a mesh between 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. Actually, um, almost even of the Scooby-Doo, Scrappy-Doo shorts that they used to do that had real kind of supernatural things in them. Oh, yeah.
0: it was like a, about those. It was like
1: a mesh of that with Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? where it's, you
0: know, a masked villain. Right. So
1: it was kind of a mixture of both those worlds, but it didn't work because they weren't
0: treating it that way. There was actually, there was one gag that I thought was funny, and it was kind of stupid, but it did make me laugh, so I had to include it, which was once they are coming back, I think they were coming from the graveyard back to the house. It's hard to remember because they go in and out like five times throughout the middle of this movie because they just ran out of things to do. So they're like, let's have them go outside. Let's go back in, out, and So anyway, they're walking back, and um, Billy Bob... Sneaks up behind Shaggy. He's going to shoot him. He's carrying a hunting rifle the entire time. Mm-hmm. And Sadie Mae comes out, grabs him, pulls him down under the bushes. And then she's falling behind Shaggy, like about to kiss him. And then he pops back up, knocks her out of the way. And he's going to shoot him. And this goes on for a while. It's like literally a minute, like at least 60 seconds of this while Shaggy's giving this monologue. And I thought it was kind of funny because he's like, it it got long winded, but. It was kind of yeah. a silly gag, and I enjoyed I know,
1: it. I know what you're talking about, because yeah. that's, that's what I would have said was probably one of my favorite gags in this, too. It, it is just like, dumb, nobody's following me. Yeah, but he's going on and on about how like, yeah. oh, I'm just being paranoid. There's nobody behind me and
0: whatever. Nobody watching. And yeah, that was, it was a good. really tongue in cheek thing, because he like by the end of it, too, he's just like, nobody's following me. Nobody is following me. <laughs> and that is exactly what's happening, so yeah I thought that good. was that was good. That was like one of the few jokes I think that they did pretty well and, and and they knew that what they were doing too, because the joke part of it the i mean the punchline was that it just went on for so long.
1: If you carry a joke on for a certain amount of time, it becomes unfunny. But then if you carry it on a little bit longer, it becomes funny again. And I think right. that was one of those situations where they carried it on just long enough to make it funny again because it lasted so long.
0: I heard a rule recently, too, about the times that you do a gag, which that the rule is three, five and seven. Mm. Like you do something that's not funny the first or second time, but it is funny the third time. It's not funny the fourth time, but it's funny the fifth time. It's not funny the sixth time, but it is funny the seventh time.
1: Yeah, a good example of that that I can think of that always makes me laugh when i think back on it is uh from the simpsons where sideshow bob it's it's an episode where sideshow bob is trying to kill bart and uh he's following the simpsons who are under witness protection uh, across the country or wherever they would go right and in in one scene like he is walking across all of these rakes and as he like actually as, as he walks over them like his foot hits it and it slaps him in the face. And he does his like, and he does that so many times that (laughs) it's like, it becomes hilarious because of how much it happens. Unfortunately, (laughs) when they edited it down for some later showings of that episode, like they cut it down to maybe like four or five or something. So they, they really condensed that, which took away from the humor of it. But I remember the original one because I think I had it on VHS but nice. it was just so funny. I used to watch that all the
0: time as a kid. Yeah, like for me, the the, the example of that that came to my mind was not from a cartoon, but it was from How I Met Your Mother. Did you ever watch that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The 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 slap thing, like slapsgiving and all that stuff. Oh yeah. Where, yeah like yeah. they made the bet, and Marshall got slapped Barney so yeah, many times. Yeah. The slap bet. Yeah. He would. Yeah, he would just like hang on to it, and so like. You know, 12 episodes later in, like, the next season, all of a sudden he would just slap him out of nowhere. And I'm (laughs) like, okay, that's funny. So one thing I got to say about this, um, before we get towards the end of the movie, I just want to say that I appreciated Scrappy in this one, which surprised me. Because I Mm. usually hate Scrappy as a character. I usually think he's terrible. But he was the only character holding this thing together. Yeah. Because this this... plot would not have moved along without Scrappy's character because he's no. the only one figuring the clues out. He was the only competent person in this entire <laughs> thing. Yeah. And, like, they would get so sidetracked and, and Scrappy would just be like, you know, mayhem would be going on and he'd just be standing around, like, looking for the clue. Well, everyone else is just being crazy, Yeah, and he's the one figuring everything out.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to say also, is that he is the only competent member of this group right now, because right. when you lose Fred, when you lose Selma, and when you lose Daphne, it's like there's all the people who have any kind of rational thought. So Scrappy has to take the place of all of them, and he's the most intelligent of the group, and he's not going to run from a fight, so he keeps things going. Yeah, He pushes the
0: plot along, like you said. He's the only intelligent member of this group. <laughs> so they kind of combine Fred and Thelma in one and make that scrappy and, and give him a little bit more edge and confidence to him. And and like you need that if you're just going to have a Shaggy Scooby thing. You've got to have somebody else to pick up all that slack because Shaggy and Scooby are two similar of characters. They're the same characters, but different like species.
1: Yeah. Which is, which I can appreciate to some degree because it's like a pet and master kind of relationship that they kind of start to reflect each other. And that's, oh, for sure. That's fine. But you do need, like you said, another character to balance that out, or else you're just going to
0: have pure chaos. Things can't be funny unless there is a character that is the straight man. It's like with the Three Stooges, Mo was the straight man. Right. You know, he was he was the one that like and I mean, he when he had his goofy moments, they were funny. But you have to have something that isn't usually funny. So you have something to compare it to because I mean, like a lot of humor is going to be in comparison to something else. Something's funny because the other thing that you're seeing is not funny. You know what I mean?
1: Right. And somebody has to reel it in. And that's where those those straight men come into the these series and that's that goes across any. It's not just animation. That's any kind yeah, of yeah anything. And like you said, Three Stooges even and the Boo Brothers, of course. Frico was the mo of that group. He yeah, was he was the, the straight
0: man. I mean, ghost he did have thing. his
1: his goofy moments, yes, but he was always the one who would like you know knock their heads together or whatever if they were yeah, being too ridiculous. He was
0: definitely the mo. So mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely.
1: So kind of like we were alluding to earlier a little bit. I don't even know if we alluded to it or just straight up said it that the sheriff was the ended up being the person who was most of the ghost. Farquhar had a I mean, he was still trying to hunt down the treasure in a smaller way.
0: He was stealing things. Yeah. Here and there. Some
1: jewelry. Yeah. and, And he was the invisible ghost. He was the ghost that was just the floating jacket. Yeah. What was weird about the sheriff being these things? It's like, okay, so I accept that the headless horseman and the, the horse were, you know, mechanical. But then it's like, what about the, the, the colonel and the, the skeleton one? He doesn't... These are outfits. And, like, there's no way he would fit into these. You do see the skeleton in the cape, <laughs> right. like, a little bit over time start to bloat a little bit. Get a little
0: fatter as yeah. the show goes on. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Because then you're like, okay, well, now it's obviously the sheriff because... There's no other fat character in this. is it the sheriff? Bum, bum, bum. Yes. (laughs) As it turns out, this was, and this was an even weirder thing to bring into (laughs) all this. This is the dumbest resolution (laughs) I've ever seen. It turns out that it was the sheriff's twin (gasps) brother.
0: Yeah, it's his evil twin. (laughs) It's literally
1: his evil twin. Who does? Oh God. And they're only so the only difference between them is the, the actual sheriff has a big mustache. That's it.
0: Right. So like the evil twin was the person we were seeing all along and was not the actual sheriff. Right. And then the actual sheriff shows up with this giant mustache. Ah, uh, it was so dumb. We we
1: find out At a certain point when uh, Shaggy tries to basically fire the Boo Brothers at their orphan orphan ghost and they don't have anywhere to go and they're just trying to make some, I don't know, ghost money, whatever. And everyone cries. So at the end, when Shaggy gets the treasure and gets the property, he donates the property to the Boo Brothers. So they can haunt it. Yeah. Yeah, so they can haunt it freely. And then he... Uh, Donates the jewels to the um, Beauregard
0: Trust Fund for Orphans, which is admirable. And very convenient that his ancestor already had that set up. Yeah, exactly, right? Or his uncle. So, yeah. Things that are never really tied back together. We, We don't really see Billy Bob or Sadie Mae again. We
1: don't see the ape anymore.
0: Yeah, we don't know what happens with the ape. That black dog ghost from the beginning never comes back. We're not sure if Farquhar was fired or what happened with him. Well, he was he was trying to serve them food at the end, so we're guessing that he stays there. Okay, yeah, fair. I guess I guess he'll be serving the Boo brothers now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then um as they drive away, they see that Confederate colonel ghost again. So I guess that one was real. I think that there was a I think that the one was fake that we were seeing the whole
1: time or like it was the sheriff also, but, okay, but I think one that was this one real. was real. Like, maybe, yeah, this is the actual ghost.
0: Oh, man. Oh, also, at one point, they have a run-in with a grizzly bear, even though they're in, like, the southern swamps.
1: Oh, yeah. I forgot about the grizzly bear. Yes. <laughs> because, you
0: know, like, grizzly bears are very common things down in the swamps.
1: Well, there had to be a grizzly bear because there was uh, Bear Cave, which is where one of the treasures was. Jeez. Well, Chris, I think it's about time we unmask our own little skeleton ghost and see what our inner kids thought of Scooby-Doo meets the Boo Brothers.
0: This cartoon was kind of fun, and it had a bunch of silly ghosts, and it had the big monkey, and the Boo Brothers were the best, and I wish that they would get their own show, but the movie got really boring and I got really confused and it took them forever to find anything and at the end, the bad guy was a guy that we never even really knew. (sighs) So I gave this cartoon two bowls of evil twin cereal out of five. And thank you for making Scrappy not a piece of garbage this time. And now I'm gonna go find my own Sadie Mae. Bye! For as much of a Scooby-Doo fan as I typically am, this movie was actually a little tough to sit through. Imagine that you took one of the weaker episodes of Scooby-Doo Where Are You, stretched what could have been solved in 10-15 to minutes into a 93-minute feature, and added useless support characters in purely for padding. Then you'd get a pretty good idea of what Scooby-Doo Meets the Boo Brothers had to offer. The only interesting aspect was the family jewel riddles which I found entertaining to solve alongside Scooby-Doo and the gang. Unfortunately, I found the remainder of the film to be quite a bore, so I'll give it two big bowls of Boo the Boo Brothers serial out of five. With all the decent Scooby-Doo movies out there, I can't really recommend this one even to the longtime fans. I mean, why were the Boo Brothers even title characters? The Escape zoo ape had way more screen time, could have just been Scooby-Doo Goes Bananas, Scooby-Doo Beauregard Manor, Scooby-Doo in the Case of the Extremely Obvious Culprits, anything!
1: Yeah, the kids make good points. <laughs> I'm, I'm still wondering what happened to Farquhar. Like, it was my understanding that he actually lived at the manor. So is Shaggy just kind of torturing him by forcing him to live with the Boo brothers? That seems really cruel.
0: Yeah, that is kind of weird now that you think about it. So he's basically like, you can keep your job, but you got to live with ghosts.
1: What's unfortunate is we never see the Boo Brothers again, like in any iteration.
0: Yeah, I was kind of looking online for that, and there's nothing.
1: Yeah, I was hoping, I was doing the same thing, because I was hoping that they were like, uh, Scooby-Doo meets, you know, Batman, or Scooby-Doo meets the Harlem Globetrotters, where they already existed in some <laughs> format. Yeah, but, exactly. But instead, they, they were made for this, and then I guess they just fell off after that. They died. Those ghosts just died with this show. They're just stuck at Beauregard Manor for eternity.
0: So do you have any further thoughts about this one before we move on?
1: Mm, the initial idea had some interesting points to it, but I just feel like they stretched it out way too long without having sufficient story to fill that. And so they filled the gaps with these obvious Fillers that were for the most part loose ends, it never got tied, and that really bugged me. Like, it's fine if they can fit all that in and then resolve it all in a satisfactory manner, but they just didn't, and that just left me feeling really kind of unsatisfied with the overall. Yeah, I
0: agree. This could have been a cool Scooby cartoon, but it really didn't live up to what I remembered it as a kid. There's just a whole lot of random stuff happening. Especially, like I said, for the first half hour before we even got to the main plot. And while I like following the clues to find the treasures, they went in and outside so many times it felt really disjointed. Like they weren't sure where they wanted to take the story. So they added, like you said, they added so much filler and padding that it just kind of like lost me there. My last grievance is about the Boo Brothers. I mean, it's called Scooby-Doo Meets the Boo Brothers. Like, we've been talking about, I mean, they became kind of a side plot point And there's just so many gaps in the movie, they're not even around. I feel like they really kind of screwed the pooch with that one. Like, it just, they had an opportunity and they just completely ignored it. Because the Boo Brothers were, like, some of the best parts of this. And they were way underused. And, and with the Boo Brothers, like, they, there was a second, you know, dance scene thing in this that we briefly mentioned, but we didn't get on it, where they had all their friends come over, and their friends were all, you know, little cartoony version ghosts of, like, a bunch of, like, monsters. Like, we had a Frankenstein-looking one, and, and a vampire, mm-hmm. and a whole bunch of really cool ghosts, and they could have used these things. They could have done more with these cool ghosts, and they didn't do it, so... Ah, oh, it was just so dumb. They they could have at least did some sort of spinoff after the fact and, and took advantage of this, but they just completely dropped the ball with this movie.
1: I think so. I mean, the other ones... I never saw Reluctant Werewolf, but I did see Ghoul School, so that one I'm looking forward to actually watching again in the future so that I can see if that holds up at least. I hope it does. Me too. I feel like this was kind of a their first foray into making a Scooby-Doo animated film. So they didn't know exactly what to do yet. And hopefully they took this as a lesson. Exactly. Well, listeners looks like our milk supply is now run dry. So it's time for us to say goodbye. And for the next entry in our month long October Starvaganza, we'll be watching
0: tales from the crypt keepers suggested via Joseph. Yay. And we have another poll. So going up today, for next week's episode, make sure you go to Twitter or Instagram and tell us which cartoon we should do next. The power is yours. Once again, I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And we'll see you
1: next
0: Saturday. Ooh, spooky. Presented by Nerd Sloth.
1: A place for lazy nerds. If
0: you like what you heard, consider donating at
1: patreon.com nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.